Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on a Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Of course, we do it all on for our sponsors at Magpies Waitara, the action attraction of the North Shore, and the All About Caring Sydney Bears, your premiership winning All About Caring Sydney Bears. This is Andrew the Bull Caruso, and we are well into our summer of cricket. We've just seen the conclusion of the WBBL competition, the first time that that competition has stood alone. What a what a way to really get things started to the T20 season. And now it is time for the big one. It is the BBL. We have developed a crack team to analyze these squads for this competition. And what better way to start off than my sparring partner opening the bowling from the Cromer end. He is the wise man himself, Matt Mears. Good evening to you. Uh, good evening, Caruso. Good evening to all of our listeners out there in podcast land. We've got a big show pumped up. I'm, I'm loving that I'm getting top billing, but when you look at the next two guests, I think we've gone a little bit overboard, but mate, that's what we do for our Splinters listeners. Hey, look, we are all about going, we're all about two things on this show as far as I'm concerned. We're all about going overboard and we're all about throwing people under the bus. So, Well, that's what you're here for. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm the one who usually gets thrown under the bus. Exactly so, right. So joining us joining us today, she's been one of our star debutantes over the last couple of weeks. She's on for her first episode of Splinters from the University Women's Cricket Club, Zoe Benjamin. Good evening, Zoe. And how excited I am. Oh, the ball keeps rolling. Two weeks in a row now. I know. You, well, you, you, you've impressed the selectors at the moment. <laughs> so, um, just ride that wave of form and you'll be just fine. Okay, we will do. Well, one, one person who's uh, who's got a very, um, a very important role in terms of selections is joining us here tonight. He is the captain of the Manly Ringer District Cricket Club. He is one of the keepers that is part of the Sydney Thunder squad. Please make him feel welcome. Jay Linton, good evening to you. Well, that's not what you do normally during the competition because you're usually opening the batting and causing an absolute sensation at the top of the order. In fact, normally the units down at Manly Oval are not never safe whenever you're at the crease. I like to think Jack Edwards gets him a little bit further than me, but I, I like to hit him to take all the spotlight, and I like to just creep on uh, at the other end. You're too modest. I get out there. <laughs> You're too modest. No, no, no. When you when you stand at the other end and watch Jack Edwards, it is certainly um, the best seat in the house. And if I get to have a, a little bat whilst I'm out there as well, it's a, it's a little bit of fun. Well, I think I think we're doing good with Jay. We might use him as a pinch hitter later in the season. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Coming late down the order. <laughs> well, we are going to get started with the um, the squads. Eight squads, of course, to go through. Uh, a very exciting season. Um, we're going to get straight into it here on the bench. And we're going to start off with the Adelaide Strikers, coached by uh, Jason Dizzy Gillespie. Um, they finished seventh last year and... Yeah, the, the Adelaide Strikers have always been a team that have sort of threatened to really tear the competition apart for one reason or another. Measy just haven't quite done it, apart from that one stellar year that they had. I think it was BBL 7. Yeah, they, they, they have all the pieces to go together. It's just 
getting them all in the one side. You, you look at the batting lineup, you look at Jake Weatherold, you look at Jake Lehman, Travis Head, um, the addition of, of Cameron White now. Alex Carey has been a revelation for them up the, top, up the top of the order, which has seen him get international duties, but they never can get all those pieces in the right place at the right time. Same with their bowling with, when you've got the likes of Billy Stanlake, Peter Siddle. Uh, Rashid Khan, they never can get them in the same team at the same time. You feel though, once they can get all those pieces together uh, consistently, that's when they're going to be making a run at the title. Now, Zoe, there's a couple of really big signings for the Adelaide Strikers, and one of them in particular is the uh, is their import from England this year. You expect him to uh, bring big things to the side. You'd hope he'd actually provide a bit of balance to their attack. Um, you just... They've been such rocks and diamonds in previous seasons. And you look at that team on paper, and I actually, I prefer the addition of Cameron White. I think that he's going to give them a little bit of extra leadership. And he, he just, he knows how to get the job done when you need him to. Yeah, but the, the addition, the, 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 as well as Phil Salt, the Englishman, he's obviously been recruited from Jason Gillespie, who's coached a lot in the English county um, system. I've, you see with a few of the other sides, they're going for more of the lesser names, but those T20 specialists, they're just going to bring that extra dimension to teams this season. Now, Jay, one real surprise we've got for the sign-ups this year for the Adelaide Strikers is a player you've, you've had a lot of experience going up against um, is Harry Conway. Yeah, look, I think it's actually a great signing. Harry, over the last couple of years, has shown some outstanding stuff in New South Wales in white ball cricket, and I'm really, uh, really excited that he's, he's actually got got his opportunity to play in the big bash. It's something he always strives for, and I think he's going to be a very good, uh, very tough opening bowler down there at the Adelaide Oval as well. I think I think the strikers this year that they've got a pretty balanced side again. Obviously, losing Ben Lachlan is going to be quite a big loss for them. I think the the amount of skill that he has at the back end, um, especially, is, is certainly going to be a loss. But in saying that, Phil Salt's probably not not well known to too many people out here in Australia. But if you do have a look at his past 12 months in T20 cricket, it's actually some phenomenal numbers. He's been playing everywhere around the world. So look out for the strikers again this year. It'll be it'll be a challenge to see how they're going to be going about with the competition. Um, Jason Gillespie, and it has to be mentioned with him, he's developed a bit of a reputation now around the world as probably one of the best up-and-coming coaches um, in, in cricket. And the experience he's given this this lineup, and I guess the, the fun factor is, is something that they're going to try and really play off for this competition. Definitely. And the fact that he's also a, a local broad and bred Adelaide boy as well, he brings that hometown spirit into that side. You can see even the imports that are from the other states getting really into that Adelaide culture. And you can really see, you saw the resurgence almost of Peter Siddle when he moved to the strikers. It was almost a, the late extra leg up that he needed to get his international career going again. And you've, you've seen Michael Nisa as well. He's been a good toiler for Queensland, but coming into that striker side, that's when he's been able to get the national selectors' attention. So there is a good culture, a good vibe down there. It's just going to be whether they can translate that into results. Well, let's go to the next team is the Brisbane Heat, which uh, this year being coached by Darren Lehman following his uh, departure as the Australian head coach. And Zoe, you know, this is a team that if you, if you ever want to see them bring wow factor, you 
you often look to the Brisbane Heat and, geez, they haven't disappointed this year. Not at all. They always manage to pull some big, big names and they've done it again this season with the likes of A.B. De Villiers. And then you've got your up-and-coming guys like Max Bryant. You've got... You know, your big X Factor, Chris Lynn, we didn't see quite as much as we would have hoped from him last season, I think. I, I get the feeling um, now that he's over his in- injuries, I get the feeling Lynn's sanity might be coming back. Yeah, you, you think it's been coming for a while, and if he's ready to fire, look out. I couldn't agree more. You look through that batting lineup when, if all if all well and ready to go, the likes of Joe Burns and Sam Heaslett and uh, Minus Lamachine, um, if he gets the opportunity, if he's not um, called on for one day duties, they're going to have a powerful line, bowl, a, a powerful batting lineup. But then you look at the bowlers as well. They they are another great all round team. And that's that's been the key, Jay, to their to their lineup over the last few years has been that variety. The the, the large number of all rounders in their lineup uh, has given them, I guess, the flexibility to play a wide range of style. Oh, it certainly has, and I think one name that we haven't mentioned is Ben Cutting, who literally probably has been the best 2020 player in the world in the last 18 months, so it's, it's a phenomenal-looking team when you just sit back and look at the names that they've actually put together in their squad. I think they finalised their squad today with Cameron Gannon and Matty Kernan coming in, but the likes of Tom Banton, again, are pretty pretty unknown in Australia, but I'm sure those that have been watching online, watching some of the things that he does with uh, the way he bats, it's it's quite phenomenal. So, uh, A.B. de Villiers, look, I'd love to shake his hand. I think that's about, (laughs) that's what I hope you to do is to shake A.B. de Villiers' hand. I think he's in the last six games, and I think we might actually play them just before, but look, we have him round one. We have him the first game of the Big Bash, 17th up at the Gabba, so... It's going to be a phenomenal game, and let's just hope the lights stay on, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, there's one thing we do have to admit. I mean, Mizzy and I are talking about, you know, two man crushes that we've got here. Obviously, the obvious one being Pat Cummins, but I do have a soft spot for, for A.B. De Villiers yeah. because he's quite clearly some sort of superhuman. I agree that he's... Just, <laughs> yeah, I agree that he's superhuman, but he's not Pat Cummins. He's no Pat Cummins, no. Pat Cummins, <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe Jay can set us up with Pat later. We'll <laughs> <laughs> get us out of training. Uh, I think that might have a big long list of uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we're going to be right at the bottom of that list, yeah. <laughs> Let, let's go to the Hobart. Let's go to the n- next team, the Hobart Hurricanes. And Adam Griffith now coming in. Last year they finished first and then sensationally knocked out in the semifinals. Um, they've gone through quite a change this year in the lineup, Mirzi. Yeah, there, there's quite a few out. Johan Boter has retired. Um, Tim Payne's not made himself available due to his international commitments. Clive Rose is an interesting one not being re-signed as well. Um, but you look through their lineup and you, you they just don't have that... They don't have that presence that they used to have. Like Matt Wade, it'll be interesting to see how much he's available for them. He, him and Darcy Short, probably one of the best opening partnerships that we've seen in the BBL in recent seasons. If it's just short, if it's just short left by himself, it's going to be interesting to see who can step up around him. Yes, you're going to have George Bailey in the middle order, but Ben McDermott, we saw him playing uh, in the T20 side against Pakistan. 
He didn't do a whole lot coming in for, for Glenn Maxwell, so he's going to have to pick up his form. It's just not the same sort of hurricane side I'm used to seeing, so it's going to be interesting to see if they can live up to past season. And Zoe, what we know with the Hurricanes, they've had a propensity to pull out um, some sort of ridiculous pace attack, and while there's still elements of it this year, it's not the it's not the pace attack that had been come to be feared, especially when playing on the green tops of Blundstone Arena. Yeah, they're gonna hope that Joffre Archer can can play a lot of games because the way he's come along for England has been amazing, and the more I just feel like they might be a bit too reliant on his pace attack. That's the only thing that worries me for them. But I still think they've got a very all-rounded team, and I love the signing of David Miller. I think he's going to do some really big things for them as well. They've all, Jay, they've always been a bit of a um, an X-factor team, Hobart, the Hobart Hurricanes, because you never know what they're going to do. Um, probably one of the more inconsistent teams in terms of producing rocks and diamonds. Yeah, I think they, they showed last year, though, that if you can get on a roll in the Big Bash, it doesn't really matter what team you put on the park. I think it's such a, a momentum game, the, the BBL, and especially now it's condensed even more. Look, I look, I look at their team again, and you've got the seasoned veterans in, in George Bailey. Scotty Boland's gone down there now. James Faulkner's there. And then they've got some, like, uh, I agree with Zoe, David Miller's an unbelievable signing. He's, um, he's one of my favourite cricketers going around, actually, but... Uh, look, Aaron Summers is still down there. Matty Wade, if he plays, as you say, there's all these X factors out there. They should be a team uh, to be feared. But again, if they get on a roll like they did last year, winning becomes a habit. And with only two months that we've got this year, that's um, certainly a dangerous thing. One of the, one of the surprise signings as well this this year is, is Jake Doran being picked up from the New South Wales system to go down to um, to Tasmania. Well, he is, he is playing currently for the Tasmanian Tigers. He has yeah. moved down a couple of seasons ago. He was coming back and playing for the Thunder until the last couple of seasons. But he's obviously down there at the moment. I think he you'll find he'll be that wicket-keeping option without Wade, without Payne being in that lineup. Let's go to, let's go to one of the teams um, that really... I think they, start, they started last year fairly slowly and then came through with a wet sail to win the competition. It is the Melbourne Renegades coached by everyone's favourite redhead all-rounder in Andrew McDonald. Um, well, oh, again, you're, you're a, you get another fine for your run sheet. Yeah, so I think our, I think our um, end of season trip to Vegas is just we're going first class. They've just announced it'll be Adam Voges with Andrew McDonald. Adam Voges? With, with Adam, with, was it Adam Voges? It, 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 Andrew McDonald going to the... Um, no, it was um, who's who? Michael, Michael Klinger. Michael Klinger. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. That's a great pickup. Yeah, yeah, with Andrew a... McDonald going to um, with going to the Australian so team so, as yeah. one of Justin Langer's assistants. I knew I got my WA batsman. I just got the wrong one. Thank you for the correction, Jay. <laughs> Let's go through the. Go through the lineups here, and um, very quiet this year, Zoe, on the transfers. Uh, only one player in, but geez, that one player you want to bring in, not a bad one for the BBL. He's a pretty handy pickup, isn't he? Um, and you'd think with falling in and out of the Australian sides, as he always does, you would think that he's going to have an impact, especially with Aaron Finch there. I like those two in the same team. I don't know why. I just think that they, if they get a partnership together going at some point, it's it's danger. And yet, and yet, Mizzy, the the players they've let go, there's some 
decent sized names in there as well. well. Well, Cameron White, obviously moving to the Adelaide Strikers that we mentioned before. Chris Tremaine going back, to, coming back to Sydney to play with the Thunder and, and Jay. But um, uh, again, Ludeman not playing first class cricket. Fekety, he's in and out of the Victorian side as well. They, they've gone for a lot of youth. To, um, to learn under the likes of Sean Marsh, Finch, Dan Christian, who's going to, every team he seems to join wins a premiership, and Nami, they said they, Muhammad Nami, they, they kept that middle order together, those two, in those early games that gave him the opportunity to go for that run at the title last year. And, and the, the, Jay, the interesting thing with this, with this lineup here is the, um, underrated spin attack that they've got, especially with the likes of Cameron Boyce, John Holland, and Muhammad Nabi. Yeah, I, I, again, I think, as, as you mentioned, the call for youth there, and the youth in Will Sutherland has been a standout for them so far this season, and also with uh, Jake Fraser, mm. who's actually, believe it or not, currently playing the under 19 championship in Perth, so that's how young he is. Um, but there's, yeah, as you say, there's, I think it's a very well-balanced side. They haven't made many changes. And if they're coming off a, a win last year, I can't see, with the inclusion of Sean Marsh, how they, how they can't go very close again. The other X factor is the Marvel Stadium pitch. They get to play half their games on a pitch that no other team can seem to master. They've obviously unlocked the secret. They get to play there. We saw that in the final. If they can get some, if they can burst their way in the finals, host some finals, they're going to have to be odds on because they said the drop in pitch, they got the seam down the middle because they can't get them all in in one piece. Um, the the unique dynamic, the, the unique boundaries, the unique diameter of um, Marvel Stadium. I said, if, they, if they're ready to rock and roll once it comes final time again, they're going to be in with a shout. You've just got this feeling that they're a team that could time their run really well again. They might start off a bit slow because of all that, all that youth, just getting them used mm. to this environment. But once they start gelling together, they just look dangerous again, don't they? And there's one name, and we'll come to them when we come back from the, the break in a few minutes' time, um, that hasn't been named in either of the Melbourne teams. And I know he's had his uh, his challenges as of late with, with mental health, but I found it really interesting, Jay, that Will Pukowski at this stage has not been named for either of the Melbourne teams. Yeah, it, it is interesting, obviously. Um thoughts go out to Will and obviously Nick Madison and Glenn as well down there in Victoria but look I'm sure that if, if Will's good to go by Big Bash time it's one of those things that unfortunately injuries happen and, and these things happen so I would not be surprised at all if Will gets picked up but look it mightn't be in Melbourne but I am not. wouldn't be surprised if we see Will in the Big Bash at some stage. Yeah, well, we're, we're, it is fortunate to see that both Nick and, and Will were playing in the most previous game for Victoria. Obviously, our thoughts to go out to them and to Glenn still yet to make his return. I'm sure he'll be ready and raring to go for the Stars. But it would just be a shame when you, you see the likes of Jake McFraser and Kirk, who made a 50 in both his first class and his uh, one-day debut in recent times, as Jay said, playing in the under-19s carnival. When you've got guys like him playing, Mackenzie Harvey, he, he's not one to be forgotten either. Um, in this Renegades lineup, you want to see the best of the best that aren't playing international cricket in this competition. And if that's 
certainly one of the batsmen that we have in Australia. That's Will Petrovsky. Let's go. Let's let's look into something a little bit um, in depth and a little bit without notice at this stage. But it has been the commercial success that we've seen with the the BBL. The recent TV rights deals obviously placed a big influence on how the competition is going to be um, broadcast. This year is going to be. Last year we saw the competition increased so that every team played home and away. We've seen it compressed back a little bit, uh, especially with the Women's T20 World Championship starting in February. How do they balance, how do they go about balancing out? I'm gonna open this up to everyone. How do they go about balancing out the requirements to fulfill that they've got with Channel 7 and Fox Sports that they need to do a certain number of games, but keeping in mind that what we saw last year was a bit of burnout potentially from the BBL. Well, I think last year they just they it went it went too long. You're playing your what's supposed to be exciting games at the back end of the tournament. Once school had started again, the only games that you can get away with playing once school started again are your semi-finals and your finals. You've got a six-week period from when school breaks up to when school goes back. All of your preliminary games need to be played in that window. That's when you're going to get the fans. That's when you've got the access to the fans. Will they make special exceptions to get out of school for semi-finals? You'll have the final on a weekend, obviously. That's the only time you can sort of draw a big crowd in those peak period when everyone's back at school and back at work. I think they've got the perfect balance of it now. We start just as school's breaking up. We can pump through those double headers. I don't, you, there's no reason why you can't have an afternoon and a night game every Saturday and Sunday, plus public holidays, plus all the other leaves that we've got on in that period. I think they've got it perfect now. I'd like to see it stay this way going forward. I love the idea of double headers. I, I like that as a triple headers. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but Go with Damon New Zealand to start. I think I think no, that they but. work really well. I think that they work well not only for TV, but I think as fans, you like the prospect of being able to go and watch two games. Like why not? If you or even if you're at three, home, on, even if you're at home on the couch, and you—that's when you—that's when I know I have the only time in my life to sit home on the couch is that sort of time. I can watch a game that's in Queensland that starts at two o'clock to go into a night game in Melbourne to then the Perth game starts at nine o'clock Sydney time. How good's that? What about from a player's perspective, Jay? Knowing that you've got this very tight schedule that the pressure puts on the on the players to try and get themselves up for each of the games but also um the opportunity the rare opportunity to be able to sit down and actually watch some of the matches yourself yeah look i think as a player it's obviously it's an exciting period of time and ideally in the ideal world you might like a few more a few more days in between games and i know it's only t20 but finish at 11 o'clock and we're out of the sheds by two o'clock and at the moment we're on a plane the next day and we're back into another state and then we're back to training and look at uh, definitely not complaining it's, it's a luxury and a, and a life that i'm well and truly happy and, and very privileged to be uh, involved in but i think for the fans and the and the crowds and everyone out there i think it's absolutely fantastic as you touched on before i think our thunder's last round games the 26th of january and i think it finishes the next day on the 27th and then the finals on the 8th of february so we've almost got the whole big bash in within that school school holiday period uh going on to the double headers i think i think from memory there was 15 double headers this year where there's two games of cricket on one day so I think it's, um, it's going to be a great spectacle to be bashed this season, and I think they've got the structuring right. 
And what, what from your own perspective as well, Zoe, seeing that there's not none of the WBBL, BBL double headers that we've been used to over the last couple of years, and seeing the WBBL sort of stand on its own two feet, what were your thoughts about the um, the sort of the that split as well? Given that you don't have the big day now of WBBL into the BBL, I think it was nice that it <sighs> stood alone because it got the attention it deserved. Last year was a big, big season, and it needed to progress to its own standalone comp. The fact that it's not a, it, it's not just viewed as a something before the men play now is a big thing for women's cricket. The fact that it's something that you go and watch and it's not just a, a game before or, you know, a game leading to. And I think that the way they ran it, we had a discussion on Friday about the finals format with um, the finals being hosted in Brisbane. Um, Given that Brisbane yeah, finished that first. Form, yeah, that, yeah. That, whether that was going to be an interesting ask for whoever finishes second since it's just such a quick turnaround. But I think besides that, they got the format really well done. I think you had not quite as short a turnarounds um, because they did play a lot of double headers. And I think it worked well. And I think that it um, w w has been a really big revolution for, for women's cricket. Now to, to yourself, Jay, before we go to the break, um, I think you've had a couple of sessions, have you, with the, uh, the in the Thunder camp. What has the mood been like in the, uh, in the camp so far? Uh, we actually don't go out of camp until next Wednesday. Obviously, there's a few Shield games still happening, and there's a Shield game starting on Saturday. Uh, we've, we've played a few, um, what we call the, the quad series or the Quinn series, where the, the Sixers, the Auckland Aces, Hobart Hurricanes, and, and us, Sydney Thunder, played in kind of a week of, I guess you could say, pre-season kind of T20s, and, and guys that were contracted mixed in with guys that have uh, that have definitely been looked at within the grade system as well. So uh, all the coaching staff were out for that. So Shane Bond was there, Sean Bradstreet was there. So the vibe's great. I think this time of year leading to Big Bash, everyone's up and, and, and raring to go. Now that Bondy's into his second year of coaching as well, I think it's going to be a little bit more relaxed. He's, he's settled in. We understand his methods of coaching and, and the way he likes to go about things. And look, we've had a few changes this year, but I think the guys that we've got bringing in are going to settle in very nicely. And we've got three days where we're all, we all gel together next week and then we're into some trial games. So it's short and sharp, but look, everyone knows everyone these days around the cricket trap. So it's not necessarily like we're meeting someone for the first time either. So, guys, yeah, I can't really wait, to be honest. And I can, I can tell you, the, the quicks in your squad at the moment must be licking their lips at the thought of le learning from probably the one bowler in the last 20 years who genuinely struck fear into the Australian lineup in Shane Bond. Well, let's, um, we're going to go into the drinks break here 
on the splinters. When we come back, we'll do the second half of the um, the draw and we'll go into, I guess, the the final fallout of our predictions. I'm very curious to see what everyone's got lined up for their predictions for this season. I'm just seeing, I'm just waiting to see what the cordial you mixed up is like for us. It's, 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 ex, so it's, ex, <laughs> no, no, it is extra strong cooler. Oh. Extra strong cooler. Send help, please. Green. <laughs> green. Got to be green. Got to be green. Yeah, there was there was one time when we were playing against Linfield and they served us. Um, they actually served us cold, good cold red cordial. But Linfield were batting against us, and I think that's probably the mistake that they made because they ended up losing four wickets straight after the break. Well, you're the biggest kid I know, Caruso. The, the last thing we need to give you is red cordial. <laughs> Oh no! I've been I've been too busy drinking the Kool Aid. Everyone oh, knows that. So, so, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to our break, but make sure you join us again uh, in a couple of minutes' time. This is Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H one hundred point one FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au, and available on TuneIn Radio, Podcast.com, Google Play, Apple Store, and wherever you get your good podcasts and indeed some of your, your bad ones. We'll Definitely be right the back. Bad Definitely the bad ones. We'll be right back. The 2019 Australian Ice Hockey League season has concluded with your all about caring Sydney Bears winning it all. That doesn't mean it's all over for the year on the hockey front. Log on to bearsshop.com.au for all your Bears merchandise options. And stay tuned to Splinters and The Bench for updates coming out of the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League and the world's top competition, the National Hockey League. Sydney Bears, hear us roar. Sponsors of Triple H. to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, tune in our radio app, Google Play, Apple Store, and indeed wherever you get your good podcasts and indeed some of your bad, we should actually mention we're now available on Spotify as well. How'd you work that out? I know. I don't even know. I just get a link and it's it's there. I'm happy. I just think it's cool. <laughs> so we are, of course, talking about the BBL uh, coming up. BBL 9 joined here by the wise man, Matt Mears, Zoe Benjamin, and our special guest from the Sydney Thunder, Jay Lenton. And uh, we're going to get straight into part two. And it is the team that has forever promised and has forever failed, real, almost forever failed to have delivered it is the Melbourne Stars. They're coached by David Hussey. They finished fourth last year. And what do you know, Mammy, is where did they finish? Runners up. Oh, what do you know? Um, it's a big change for the Stars. I'll tell you what, David Hussey has taken the, the broom through the squad this year. He certainly has. There's a there's a few interesting ones there. Well, Dwayne Bravo obviously is not coming back, which is a big loss. Jackson Bird of the Sydney Sixers. He's coming home. He's, He's coming, coming home. home. We will talk about that later when we go into the Sixers. Um, Scott Boland, the interesting one we mentioned, going to the Hobart Hurricanes. But some of your lesser players, Michael Beer, probably towards the end of his career. Liam Bow, he was an interesting one. When he did get a chance, the, the Harry Potter lookalike with the glasses on, he had a bit of that cult following. Um, and then a few other in Travis Dean and, and Evan Golbus. But if you look some of the, the ins that are coming in, well, it's half the Perth Scorchers side and a big quick from South Africa. Oh, <laughs> who would that be, I wonder? Andre Nell. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, after he got pumped down the ground by Sri San. <laughs> 
That is still one of the funniest moments I've ever seen, honestly. Of course, we are talking about the one and only Dale Stain, Zoe, and uh, what a sight that will be. Uh, you, you just hope he plays a few games. If, he, if he's not um, in the South African team, he's going to wreak all sorts of havoc. Am I the only one who wants Andre now? Now, <laughs> <laughs> I think no. I think I'll go with Dale Stay. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> Uh, Jay, quite possibly, along with Ryan Harris in the last 10 years, one of the best technical fast bowlers in the world. It'd be, if you threw three up, you'd say it'd be Dale Stain, Ryan Harris, and Jimmy Anderson. But there was just something about Dale Stain whenever he got fired up. I, I wouldn't want to face Andre now either. He's <laughs> real fired up. He's, He's an angry man. He's a very angry man. Especially a street fan kicking down the ground. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think, uh, look, it's him, A.B. De Villiers, probably the two biggest names to come into the big match this year. And I'm not going to lie, I've just got up the draw to see, because I know he plays the first six games for them, so I've got up the draw to see where is that first six games, but I think we are. So that should be nice and, nice and exciting, nice and fun. But another, We'll see if we can get onto Bondi and we'll get you opening the batting that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe... maybe. Maybe you could put a call out to maybe maybe you could put a call out to a uh, a certain uh, manly guest player to to come in and help produce a counter attack. I have absolutely no interest in facing Mornay in the net to get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, look, uh, I'm more than happy just to go out there and face Dale. But no, it's really exciting for the big bash, isn't it? Um, we we play them on the second of January at, at Spotless Stadium, so. To get everyone in the new year out, out to that game to, mm. to watch someone like Dale Stale, just Dale Stale, Dale Stale. Um, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic occasion. And again, I think I'm in a, a very, very fortunate position that I, I get to come up against some of these guys, the, the guys that you look up to when you, you're playing cricket as a kid. And, and now I've got the opportunity to stand next to them and, and be in the opposing team. So it's just as exciting as it is for me as it is for everyone else there. Well, as an unbiased Sixers fan, I can tell you that Dale Stain prospect will get me probably to the um, to the showground stadium for the first time. This the the thought the thought to see him in full flight, even in, uh, to be fair, I'd rather we watch him in the Test match. But to see him just in the flesh, in full flight, there'd be no better uh, no better vigil. It, there's one yeah, thing I'm I'll, I'll, I'll almost go to the Gold Coast to watch the Heat play the Stars if AB to Billions is going to play him up there. That's me up there. Ooh. Oh, why don't we all go? Yeah. <laughs> we'll call the that game. That's like a great trip. We'll, we'll call the game. Yeah, road trip. Road trip, road trip to, to Goldie. Oh, why not? The other thing I want to point out. Yeah, go ahead, Zoe. I was going to say, I really like the signing of Nathan Coulter. I think he's actually going to bring a lot of balance to that side. He's kind of proven himself as a really handy all-rounder as of late. And um, I was at I the like game. I was uh, here's a little bit of bloating. I was at the game at um, Trent Bridge in the World Cup where he scored that 92. That was some of the best hitting I've ever seen. If he can, it's a long ball. if he can do that for the stars. That's a long way to filling that big hole that they've been needing at the at, at that sort of seven eight nine position in their order. And, and, they, um, and we, yeah, I have to agree, Jay. Nathan Coulter, I out of all of them, can hit a very long ball. Mate, 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 uh, you keep saying names and all these people I don't want to face. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to be on the end of um, actually some of the some of the hitting as you just said. He's, he's just 
exposed some of his power in the last couple of years, and uh, they're, they're certainly going a long, long way. But I, I look at that that lineup again that the Stars have got. You got Xanthus, Stoinis, uh, you got Glennie Maxwell, and then Maddo. You got La- Sam Deep, can't pronounce it, La- Labashan. Labashan. Maynard, Marnus, we'll call him Marnus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's going to stick now. There's one other thing I want to point out with this Melbourne Stars team, just for a bit of a laugh with this. If we want to talk about rare units, this is about as this is about as rare as you can get because we've all seen some of the stories of what they get up to and what goes through their heads sometimes. The likes of Maddo and Maxwell, Hans, and I want to throw in there as well. Obviously, Hanscom. We know about the bromance as well between Adam between Adam Zampa. Uh, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just losing my mind. This is, this is a true, and Stoinis as well. This is a truly rare unit, this, this squad. Yeah, um, look, I'm going to touch Stevie Gotch in there, and I, I really hope so. <laughs> he got the Wicket Keepers Union in, he, he got them in uproar last year, the Wicket Keepers Union. Short, short sleeves. <laughs> Floppy and, he, and he did it on purpose, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> He just wanted to get the microphone and talk to the commentator. Yeah. I mean, what, what could, I mean, how do you feel being David Hussey? He's usually, you know, fairly mild mannered and whatnot. He's got to, he's got to coach this unit. Yeah. Maybe that might be the best thing for him. If you had another, if you had another personality like that in charge of him, maybe it could just be a little bit too much. Maybe he's the catalyst that can just bring him down a little bit so they can work all together. I mean, someone's got to keep, someone's got to keep the stoin under wrap as well. Oh, jeez, I don't think anybody can. <laughs> Mate, it's the it's the Greek blood. You know, we know what it's like sometimes. So, well, let's head over. Let's head over to Perth. Um, the Scorchers were coached by Adam. Um, were coached by Adam Bowden. I think still the case. I think so, it's still the case. Even though I had him signed up to the Renegade, yeah. he is still coaching the Scorchers. So, all, the, all the WA batsmen they look alike. Mate, they all yeah, they all do. They all bat the same <laughs> way as well. Um, a team that normally has been one of the true powerhouses, and last year had an absolute shocker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In unison, yeah. go ahead, Zoe. Well, yeah. No, no, I just, I think we just agreed. You just didn't expect it because they had the side to perform a lot better than they did and they were just a bit disappointing in all honesty. They'd always gone, gone down the route with Justin Langer that they were almost a copy of the WA side with the odd exception like Darcy Short and Josh Philippe who was over with the Sixers. But this year is is really the first time you can see Adam Voges mark you, uh, stamp his mark on this team because you can see the host of players that have been brought in and there's two that I want uh, Jay to really um, to, to analyse because they're his former uh, Thunder teammates Curtis Pattinson and Fawad Ahmed Fawad Ahmed's an interesting one he was getting a lot of game time and, and was a vital part of the bowling lineup Curtis Pattinson though great player we all know how good he's with that but he was he was always sort of 13th 14th man he couldn't break that batting lineup for the Thunder. So it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts, Jay, on how they'll go over with the Scorchers. Yeah, it's obviously two big losses for us. Farwad's been an integral part of 
of our season and what we do out at Spotless Stadium or, or now the Showground Stadium and how we go about our work. Um, so, look, I think it's far, far one, of the, one of the best fellas that you're ever going to meet going around. So he, he's made a decision for himself and his family and and I think he's going to be really, really good over in Perth. I think the bouncy wickets is actually going to take Farwell's game to another level. I think we've kind of come to expect him being that really big turner of the ball, which he is playing on a slowish wicket at showgrounds. But now he's going to do that on a fast run over at the Wacker and over at Optus. So I think that's a great signing for them. Uh, same with Curtis. I think Curtis, as, as you mentioned before, we've had the likes of Joss at the top, Shane Watson at the top, Cal Ferguson. So we've had some pretty, pretty good cavalry there. Uh, I think Curtis is, is suited to the bouncy wicket. The way he stands up on that, he stands very tall. He's a tall guy and he just hits off that back foot so powerfully. I think he's going to be, to be honest, if he can if he can get fit uh, before he heads to the big bash, obviously he's had a, a few injury problems this season, so he has played shield cricket. But if he can be fit for the big bash, I think he could be a massive part of their their lineup this year. And, and as Zoe's mentioned a few times about balance of squads, I think he actually has the balance of the squads for this team. The only other thing to worry about, as you mentioned before, with injuries with Patterson coming across, but of course, the Scorchers are missing two of their key bowlers with um, AJ Ty and Jason Cena Berendorf missing from the squad. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, go, Jay. I was going to say, yeah, they certainly are. Um, I still look at their bowling intact. There's probably Chris Jordan, obviously another Thunder guy last year. And he bowls a very heavy ball, so it's going to be even quicker over in the West. Got Jai Richardson, that, as we all know, we've seen what he does. He bowls some serious wheels now. I think one plus is going to be for them is if they can get Ashton Turner back bowling. Uh, obviously, he's had his shoulder issues in the last couple of years, but he had some integral overs along with Ashton Agar there. So I think, yes, they've lost two really big, uh, big guns in, in Berendorf and AJ there. But I still think they've got plenty of bowling. Cameron Green, if he can get fit, he's been tainted by obviously responding this year. Is uh, this week is one of the next big things, and, and we've seen it all. He can bat. He's getting hundreds batting six in the Shield team, but I think he's predominantly a bowler as well. So if they get him back, again, it's a, it's a pretty um, and Matt. Well, we can't forget Matt Kelly actually. Matt Kelly got picked up in the IPL last season, so that just shows how good a, a good he's bowling as well. Well, Cameron Green's one I was going to mention as well. He's going to have a lot of wraps on him, and with the injuries that they've got in that per scorchers team, he's he's probably going to have to bat six and bowl a lot of overs. This is going to put him. But as I said, he's been as you said, he's been making hundreds in the shield. He's been doing a lot at domestic level, but this is really where he's going to be on the national stage in front of a lot of TV viewers for the first time. It'll be interesting to see how he steps up to that pressure. Let's go to the let's go to the next the next team, the Sydney Sixers, coached by Greg Shippard. Um, once again, and you know, last year the Sixers sort of spluttered their way to, in a way, to third place, and were really dragged all, along by their uh, English import. And Zoe, you would probably say the signing of the year last year in Tom Curran. He's got to be right up there. Like he had an unbelievable season, and he. He, he, he was just able to provide when they really needed him to, but it was unfortunate. Where they fell down was the fact that they were so reliant on him is what I feel. I thought that Ben Dorsch's played a better season than he had in previous years, but was still a bit underwhelming for me personally, mm -hmm. which is why I like the addition of Jackson Bird coming back and his experience there. I think that's going to help 
take a little bit of pressure off Tom and hopefully, as we were talking about, balance being key, kind of just balance that side out. Jeez, I've still, I've still got nightmares of facing Jackson Bird in juniors cricket. <laughs> let, me tell, let me tell you something, Jay. It, it was not pleasant facing him on Astro. Oh, it's not pleasant facing him on turf. Yeah. <laughs> we're just we're just giving Jay nightmares tonight. He's just going to be dreaming of these guys bowling ball after ball to him. But um, I said the Sixers again. Um, you can see their lineup. They got Tom Curran, James Vince to bat at the top of the order. But the elephant in the room, just a lazy Steve Smith signing on for uh, this season as well. What, what difference is he going to make to this team? <laughs> Well, I said, as soon as he comes back, there is a gap between the end of the Indian tour and then um, when they're next needed for international duties. So I think there are at least four, three to four to five games, perhaps, that he'll get in there. I said, it, it's going to be interesting for the Sixers. They'll want as many of those games at the SCG because... He'll be. We talked about wanting to go see Dale Stane play at, at the showground um, when the um, when they play the Thunder. But when Steve Smith lines up for the Sixers, you can imagine the the, the kids and the the tickets that they'll sell for that game. There's there's a couple of other um, names that I want to bring up, and it's been an interesting thing from the Sixers over the last couple of years that they've dived more and more into the New South Wales Premier Cricket Competition. And Jay, they, they've picked. They've been building up the list of players coming straight. Out out of that competition into this lineup. The likes this year of Justin Avendano, Jack Edwards, Dan Hughes, um, Mickey Edwards, and the surprise pick for this year, Dan Fallons from from Sutherland. Yeah, I think that, that's one thing that has to happen when you're, you're a state with two teams. Uh, you've got to delve into what's going around in the Premier Cricket Clubs. And, and New South Wales has always been tainted as, as the best Premier competition in the world. Uh, so, so that's obviously states that we've got some pretty good players in there. And, and as you said in there, there's, uh, I'm looking at a Henry Thornton that's playing for East. Uh, Justin Avedano obviously is playing for North Sydney. I think they had Benny Menenke there, thereabouts last year as well. And, and these guys are con consistently dominating grade cricket or premier cricket. So I think their, their squad, as always, it's our biggest rival in the Big Bash. And that's what we try and create is, is those rivalry games. But the experience in that team is going to win them a lot of games this year. And talking about guys like Moses Unrique, who who can come out and do anything on the field. I still think he's one of, if not the best all-rounder going around in Australia at the moment. Dan Hughes, um, he's done it for years now. He, he might he might hit the biggest shots, he might hit the biggest sixes, but I think he almost averages 40 in, 40 in T20 cricket. Uh, he averages 57 for New South Wales over his one-day cricket career. So there's some pretty phenomenal white ball stats. And then, of course, you got... Little, uh, another manly boy in, in Saki doing his thing. Um, Saki gets out there and bowls his four overs for not many and takes some pretty crucial wickets. So, look, you can't write the Sixers off again. They're, they're the team that we would love to beat. Um, and also, well, I'm just looking at a team here. Sean Abbott's just played T20 cricket for Australia. So, they're a team we want to beat, but we also don't mind if there's two Sydney teams in the finals. Well, again, as I said, Stephen O'Keefe, he's that bowler that really stands up for the Sixers. A lot of the time you see those youngsters playing in, in Dorcious or Mickey Edwards, Lloyd Pope even from South Australia, you'll see him play a few games with his leg spinners. With that inexperience in that bowling lineup, sometimes it may be the third over, sometimes it may be the 14th over, just a really crucial over 
that's needed to be bowled and not go for many, that's the prime position for to be for Sock to be throwing the ball and he'll deliver under pressure. Let's go to the team. It is, um, of course, Jay, your Sydney Thunder, and um, as we mentioned at the top of the at the top of the show, uh, you've been coached by Shane Bond, and there's been quite a few changes for the lineup this um, this year, and a couple of them that were that are not surprising with uh, Josh Butler and Joe Josh Butler, Joe Root, and Chris Jordan all on available duty, international duties, along with Pat Cubbins and uh, Shane Watson in retiring. But a few of the guys from New South Wales Premier Cricket um, for now being released. Um, but two, guys, three guys to really watch out for in the in the near future who could make an appearance at some point, Ryan Gibson, Liam Hatcher and ba- young Baxter Holt. Yeah, and look, it's the Liam's credit as well, especially this year, he's he actually didn't get to, get to get on the field for the rough last year, and, and he's got some serious talent, some serious pace. We've seen him debut for New South Wales already this year. Uh, he's, I think he took, to get into that team, just to put in perspective how strong our bowling attack is at New South Wales, I think Liam took 44 wickets in four Futures League games, or four second eleven games. So he took 44 in four, which got him a 13th man on a trip. And then he finally got his opportunity in one day game. So to have someone of that caliber not get re-signed um, obviously shows that we're, we're doing some pretty good signings as well. But as you mentioned, obviously Gibbo Ryan Gibson, he's gone out there and he's playing some beautiful cricket in, in Premier Cricket, scoring lots of runs. And unfortunately, Baxter Holt's got a, a little injury at the moment, but he's certainly going to be a star of the future. The other one too, well, you mentioned the the bowling attack, and it's a fairly um, solid. I'll take. I call it a solid bowling attack without being unspectacular. But some very honest toilers in the likes of Chris Green, Nathan McAndrew, um, Garinda Sandu, Jonathan Cook, who continually punches well above his weight, and then I guess the guy who really did cause a stir once he made his breakthrough year in the BBL was um, Daniel Sams. Yep, certainly. Uh, you, you're certainly right about Cookie and, and another one to come out of that premier grade system and I think the best thing that we attracted Thunder and we like to do as I mentioned before was we don't try and change anyone's games and, and Jono's we're, we're both 29 now and he's been doing that for 10-15 years the way he bowls and he's finally got his opportunity and, and it's shown that it's pretty successful at even the top level as well but uh, we've got Grinder Sandu in there as well who, who bowls some brilliant change-ups uh, we've got Chris Morris coming from South Africa, which I'm really excited to see. He hits the ball a mile and he bowls some, some pretty fast uh, fast stuff as well, which is going to be great. Arjun Nair is still floating around for us as well, and Arjun gives us great options and great depth within the, the spinning ranks. Well, as said, Daniel Sams, we mentioned before, he's another one that we, we talk about balance. He said, his left arm overs, we know all about. He took fifers for New South Wales. But I was at that game at Coogee Oval when he smacked Mornay back over his head for six. I don't think I've seen Mornay ever fired up like that. He, he almost got the Andre Nels gone. Yeah, no, I, I think it was Mornay and myself that were a little bit fired up. Like, <laughs> kind of like, how, how do I tell Mornay more not to bowl there? Oh, oh well, there it goes. Uh, but <laughs> look, that, that, that's what happened. That he's pretty destructive with the batters I've seen. And he can he can take a game away from anyone with with bat or ball. And again, another another advocate of Premier cricket came into the setup quite late as a as a 26, 27 year old. So uh, yeah, it's an, it's a very balanced side, and I'm actually really looking forward to to getting to know guys like Chris Morris and Alex Hales a, a little bit more, and 
and we've got a few imports coming in. Chris Tremaine's back, um, and, and Tram's obviously one of those guys that started the New South Wales and started his career at Thunder, so I'm sure he wants to do everything he can here at Thunder. And Alex Ross, the, the sweepologist, as, he, as he's better off known, uh, he, he's, he's going to be he's going to be a, a serious player for us, especially Showground Stadium on a bit of a spiral wicket. Well, as I said, you look through some of the line. I mean, we've been talking a lot about the bowlers. We mentioned some of the batters there. You've got Usman Kawaja on your list. You probably won't see much from him in the international side, so he'll be a great get. But there's one batsman I did want to get your opinion on. Maybe we won't see him in a shirt this year, but your teammate in Ollie Davies being signed across from the Sixers to the Thunder, big pickup in my opinion. I think it might not be his year to debut this year, but he's, he's a huge prospect, as we all know. Look, when he, when he came to me and said, Jay, who do I sign for the Sixers at the Thunder? I said, well, look, Manly's already got three of the Sixers. There's only two Manly boys at the Thunder. So it's only fair that you come to the Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> so I must have got through to him there. No, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Ollie's, Ollie's in a cast at the moment mm. with a, a broken wrist. But as you say, it may not be his year this year uh, at the Thunder, but he, he's going to certainly light up the big bash in the not-too-distant future. And... And knowing that the under-19s World Cup is also on during the Big Bash, I would, I, without knowing, I'd like to think that Ollie Davies is, is pretty much up there in, in the Australian under-19s side. So I think that could potentially be a priority when he comes back from that injury, as much as you'd love the Big Bash. So I think the Cricket Australia under-19 World Cup might be up high on his priority. But as you said, Ollie Davies is certainly going to be one that we're going to be seeing lining up the Big Bash. And I also think Tanvir Sanger is as well, another signing that we've made. Yes, of course, the younger brother of um, of Jason Sanger. I've still got, mind you, with Ollie Davies, I've still got nightmares of trying to bolt to him in the nets when he was um, playing with us at Warringah. Well, just, I remember, know. I remember him not too long ago before he was playing T20s on a Sunday for Manly. We were lucky to have him at Harbour Bowling Club, and mate, some of the attacks he was taking apart with such effort. He's going to be, he's he's a special, special talent. So I can't wait to see him on national TV. One one, one final one on the Thunder and a personal and OJ. We do know with obviously Josh Butler not being there last year, we saw a, a fair few keepers being used last year as well. Yourself, um, Baxter Holt, um, Matt Gilks as well. It looks like it's a race between yourself and Matt Gilks this year to, to wear those gloves. How do you feel you're going there? Is there going to be any balls rolled at Gilksy at training that he might trip over or anything like that? That just 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 just, just nothing nothing that I think they need, but just just a little extra insurance policy to make sure you're there for the game. One. No, I think the um, I think the keepers need to stick together at Thunder. Unfortunately, last year we used so many because everyone got injured. So maybe we'll stay clear of the of the balls going under the ankles. But look, I, I look, I'd love to I'd love to be playing round one and, and whatever team that we go with is is obviously going to be the best team on the night. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jilks is playing, even if I am playing. I wouldn't be surprised if Matty Jilks is there. He's, so destructive with the bat. We've seen that in the in the Marsh One Day Cup already this year, and a couple of his premier cricketers. I think he got seventy off twenty or something last week. He, he's an absolute freak, and he's going to be a talent to come. So, if I'm lucky enough to be named in that first eleven, I'm, I'm certainly going to give it my all. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Jilksy's in that same side. All right, it's time to put the guns to your head. Dear, your top four, and then your your, your champions. Mirzi, we'll start with you. Oh, gee, the pressure's on. 
Um, again, it's it's going to come down to who's available when, and it, it, you look at the you look at all the sides. You look at who's going to have the bulk of their talent available for the most of the tournament. In my mind, you, you're going to have to be looking at the Renegades. I think they're going to have a lot of their talent, the, the Christians, the Nabis. Um, and then the imports that are going to replace them. You're going to have Aaron Finch for all, but maybe two games while he's in India. Um, and then a lot of their bowling as well. So I'm, I'm going to go them as one. I think the strikers will be up there too. Um, they'll, they'll have a lot of their team. Probably only Travis Head will be the only one they'll be really missing for extended periods of of the of the tournament. Um, and then it gets tricky. I think probably the Brisbane Heat. We'll see them up there as well. Uh, AB de Villiers will just get them off to a, a start, and then you you look at their, their bowling lineup, and then the batsman that will come in and replace them. Then it then it comes down as tricky. It'll be one of the Sydney sides. I'm going to sit on the fence. One so, of the Sydney sides will make it. The other one won't. Zoe. Um, I really like the teams that you picked. Honestly. <laughs> um, way to way to way to make your debut. Just suck I up think, to the senior well, member. The other team that I like, if if they've got their full squad playing, is the stars. Just because of the, the stars they've got in that side, if they, if, like, yeah, exactly. Um, Sorry, just had to clear my throat. If they manage to put a season together, you'd think they'd be top four. Jay, we we know you're going to be calling the Thunder to win it, win it all. Who do you think is going to be joining you in the top four at least? Uh, we'll, we'll win it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're on the bandwagon if you win, we're there. <laughs> okay, heard it here first. Yep. So I think, I think the Brisbane Heat may do a Hobart Hurricanes last year. Uh, I think they're going to be the team that's going to be up the top for the majority of the season. And then unfortunately lose to us. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do agree with Zoe. I think if the Stars can get their, as many of their players going around as possible, they're, they're certainly going to be up there. They will, I'd like to think they lose a bit, a big chunk of their players to the Indian series over in uh, the one-day series there. Um, look, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say that the little smoky is going to be the Scorchers. They're going to turn it around after last year. I think that they've got a, a pretty balanced side, and I think not necessarily having that pressure of they win it every second year, I think might uh, they might sneak under the radar. And remember that there is five teams that qualified this year, so... That fifth team certainly comes back with that, that little extra added advantage that only three actually miss out in this final series. So I probably haven't given you five there because we're just going to win it. So that's really <laughs> That's fair enough. We'll, we'll take that. <laughs> Jay, with the Scorchers and Michael Klinger retiring, do you worry a little bit about the pressure that's going to be thrown onto Ashton Turner in terms of, in terms of leadership? Who, who, who would you say needs to step up for that team to kind of look to when they're in tough situations? Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a very good point. Uh, I think they've still got some, some good leaders there. I think Cameron Bancroft's a well and truly a leader and well-liked within the circles. Uh, Mitchell Marsh, if he's fit, if, he, if he's recovered from punching the, the wall in the dressing room, I think he's, <laughs> he's certainly going to be one of the one of the guys. Well, he's captain of their stuff when he's fit and available. So Mitch Marsh as well, and and as you mentioned, you mentioned Ashton Turner. He's already had a bit of experience with the, the captaincy stuff. So I think it's the guys coming from from outside, and, and it's not naturally a, a Perth Scorchers thing to do is to bring people from outside of Perth. But bringing in someone like Farwad, Curtis Patterson, Liam Livingston, Chris Jordan, 
these guys are going to add something a little bit different over there, over there, which I think is really going to really going to help them. And look, if Jai Richardson fires on a quick whack a wicket or a quick off the stadium wicket, they're a pretty daunting side. I'm going to go with my predictions. I'm, I'm actually going to call my favourites as the Brisbane Heats and simply because I, I look through their lineup and I don't see a weakness. I that's really a that's a big call to make. I do not see a weakness in that Brisbane Heat lineup. Um, I think the Gades will be will be there and thereabouts. I think one of the Sydney teams does get up there, and just based on the I think the consistency of the lineup, you would have to say the Thunder would be the more likely of the two Sydney teams to make it into the finals. Um, and then from, and then from there, it's it's really take your take your pick. But I think that the only three certain Sees, I can see at this point for the finals will be Brisbane, the Thunder, and um, so, the Thunder and the Renegades. Well, so that's what we love about the Big Bash. It's so close. Brisbane, yeah. Brisbane's only weakness though is the lights. So they <laughs> they're going to finish the game on the air. Maybe they should just change all their games to be afternoon games. Well, I think what will happen is probably Chris. If they do work, Chris Lynn will probably break some of the lights then anyway. <laughs> so um, look, that that. Sh- that shot he played of, Sha- of Sean Tate onto the roof of the stands at the Gabba, it still it still brings memories back of how sweet that click was off his bat. Mm. It's insane to think about. And as I said, he's back in form. We're, we're, we've seen him around the world. He, he's been popping up in the T10 league, making 90 and 10 overs. Is he the first to crack 200? There's a, there's a big call. Is he the first to crack 200? He's got the guns for it. I'll say that much. So. No, he does. <laughs> well, look, that is, uh, that is Stumps here for our BBL preview here on Splinters. I want to start off by thanking our special guest, Jay Lenton from the Sydney Thunder. Thank you for joining us, and we wish you all the best for the upcoming season. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having us. Always a good bit of fun on, on this podcast, and I really enjoy it. Thank you. And uh, I want to thank our, uh, our fellow panellists here tonight, Zoe Benjamin. How do you think your debut went here? Um, good, good enough that I think I can stay in the team, but um, I'll be pushing it. Got to, got to work my ass off. Well, we'll see. We'll see if the Lord Mayor um, puts her up for selection. <laughs> selection again. I, I He's a hard taskmaster. But he keeps picking me, and he hates me. So you, I think you'll do all right. So, Matt Mears, always a pleasure, and thank you for having us in the Chroma Studio. Yeah, well, the Chroma Studio becoming available at the last second. You're lucky there, but uh, the <laughs> DY Studio. I think you need to be become the man of that house. Household <laughs> through, so. Man up. <laughs> What are you trying to insinuate there, right? <laughs> That's um, exactly what I'm insinuating. Yeah, it is the, this is the raging, Jesus, this is the raging ball, Anthony Caruso. Thank you once again for joining us here on Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Of course, thank you to our supporters at Magpies Waitara, the action attraction of the North Shore, and the all about caring Sydney Bears Ice Hockey League. Um, we will join you. We will see you again, I guess, in a, in a week's time. We've got a couple of big shows coming up, including our wrap-up of the Tens. Well, yeah, as I said, as we do every year on Splinters, we bring you the best of 2019 and the worst of 2019 in two big shows, but it is the end of the decade. New Year's Eve special. It'll be interesting to see what I know. I know we 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 didn't mention it, but we missed uh, our leader, the Sultan, tonight. Not 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 overly missing him, but uh, he's already working on that big episode. So make sure you stay tuned in the next couple of weeks for Splinters. They're going to be really big ones. 
Yeah, and uh, I imagine you're going to be announcing what the tally is of that trip to Vegas is from my finds, are you? <laughs> well, we're going further than Vegas now. Where are you off to now? Around <laughs> the world trip. Oh, here yeah, we go. We'll discuss it. We'll I discuss it after the show. I think so. All right. Well, until next week, this is Anthony Bull Caruso. On behalf of everyone here, we wish you all a very good night. Thank you.